Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to the Woo Curious Podcast, your map to the mystical, your key to the sacred, and your guide back home to yourself. I'm Eileen, a writer, a spiritual coach, energy healer, and slow living witch. And I'm Ellie, a sacred sensuality facilitator, a spiritual coach, and an anointing priestess. This podcast is your invitation to explore a world where the mundane and the sacred intertwine. It is a haven for those ready to take the first steps into the realm of magic and mystery, providing a safe space for you to embark on your own enchanted journey. Here we'll unveil the whispers of the mystical, the rituals often hidden in plain sight, and the ceremonies that will stir your soul. We're all about demystifying woo and witchcraft, making these ancient practices accessible to all. So whether you're a seasoned seeker or simply woo curious, we are here to guide you on your path to self-discovery, healing, and empowerment. So join us as we light the way and invite you to rediscover your true essence. Welcome back, Woo Crew, to another episode of the Woo Curious Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking all about ceremony. I am one of your hosts, Eileen, and I'm here with my co-host. Hi, Woo Crew. It's Ellie. And we're so excited to dive into all things ceremony and what sets ceremony apart from a women's circle, why it's so important, and... Um, yeah, all of those all of those things. We've touched on the topic before, but we're going to go deeper today. But before we do that, Ellie wants to chat with you about our giveaway. Yes, Woo Crew, we have an amazing review giveaway. So here's how you enter. By the end of today, the day that this is coming out, Monday, February 5th, you can write a review, go over to Apple Podcasts, Write us as a five-star because this is a great, great resource for you. And then say a couple of words. And you could be entered more than once if you want to leave more than one review, just as a, a little hot tip. And what you'll be winning if you're chosen at the end of this is an invitation to all of our exclusive events for our Patreon members. You get to come to our book club, you get to come to our new moon reading, and you get to come to our witch's corner, which is just a really fun time where you can ask questions, get answers about all things witchy, all things woo curious, and really everything in between. Yeah, it's a really fun space to be in. And we really love for a bunch of you to enter because the way that we get to spread this woo message, the way that we get found on all of those podcasting hosts is because people are leaving reviews, are rating us. That really helps us get seen. So if you love this, if you enjoy listening every week, take 30 seconds, pause the episode right now, go leave us a review and come back. We would be so, so appreciative. Yeah, thanks, Woo Crew. Mm-hmm. Now, before we dive into ceremony, we're going to do our usual magical moment or magical thing that happened this week to you. So, Ellie, what do you have for us? What magical moments do you want to share? A magic moment. I went, we took the pups, my lover and I took the pups to a little valley. This trail system is really what it is. There's forested areas, there's fields. There's many different things like paths and lakes and marsh. And anyways, it's the most lovely, quaint little part 
of the lower mainland that we live in. And we took our pups and we got to see people riding horses and other dogs and and people just enjoying their, their day walking through nature. It's one of my delights to be out in nature. And I, I said that this, this year in 2024, it's my intention to be to spend more time in nature doing things that is outside of my backyard or outside of the forest that's that's closer to me and this has been a great experience so we went we did a nice long walk and just enjoyed our time together as a family with a pack of dogs if you will it's really what it is that we have here so if you want a recommendation for where we went or you're out in the lower mainland, out in the in the outer areas of Vancouver, then send me a message and I'm happy to send you. There's this really great app that we use, uh, oh. a recommendation for an app or a recommendation for a little spot that we've gone so far. 10 out of 10. Love it. Love that. And I love how much so many of your magical moments this year have already been you out in nature. And so it's just a really great reminder of how setting those intentions can really make the difference in our behavior so mm. yeah I wanted to see I just want to see you for that recognize the fact that you set that intention and you are doing it so here. <laughs> you're here. here you you made it past blue Monday <laughs> I, I did you're right I did it, I, a funny enough story I said to my lover that you know I think that what I would like to do is as a family we all go at least once a month and as somebody who just flies by the seat of her pants, and this is the difference in our, and there's somebody who schedules and there's somebody who just like flies. And I said, I think I'm going to schedule it in. And she said, baby, anything that you want to do, you schedule it in. I don't want to know about it. Like she just does not want to be anchored into the, the calendar. You know, I sent her right. a calendar link one time and she was like, this doesn't go on my phone. This doesn't, I don't use this. We don't do this. I was like, okay. Well, I'll know what we're eating for dinner every day in our in our meal plan. You don't have to, apparently. So I'm definitely the, the one who likes to schedule. I love the, the spontaneity of going wherever, but I like to know that I'm going somewhere. Right. Yeah. That's, that's where we're different. So yeah, this was not our schedule. When we pulled away from the parking lot, I was like, guess what? That was more than once in a month. That we had a family outing like this. <laughs> awesome. I love, it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I was thinking about what I wanted to speak to for my magical moment. It's so hard because I am in a new country. And so there's lots of little bits of magic. Speaking of which, there are witch shops everywhere. And they're that's what they're called. Tienda de Bruja means witch shop. And I'm wow. seeing them all over. So that's really fun. And I'm like going to need a whole nother suitcase to bring back all my witchy goodness. Yeah. And I really spoke, wish I spoke Spanish better because we went into one that we were out walking through a neighborhood called San Telmo the other day. And I was like, that shop is called Hecate. I must go in. <laughs> you're you're walking into the cave of Hecate right now. Or yeah. Garden, and I went in, there was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There was a woman pulling cards at like she had a table set up in the entrance and she was doing cards for people. And there was just like there was like six or seven women in there who all clearly just knew each other and were hanging out. Some of them owned the store, I think. But like I I felt so shy because I don't have almost any Spanish. At that point, I hadn't even looked up what this word bruja meant. But 
I can't wait to maybe, I don't know, I'm going to do some meetups with people and start to, to try to get my Spanish better, or at least find a Spanish friend who can translate for me. But the, um, but the, the actual magical moment I wanted to speak to, I actually wrote about in my email to my list this week as well, was we were going to see a cemetery here that's quite famous. It's a big mausoleum cemetery, and it's like a full city block, but it's like a New York city block. It's the whole interior of it. Like it's large. And in Uber ride on the way there, he didn't know where we were going because I had the pin drop us kind of at the end of that neighborhood so we could walk through. But he was talking about, you know, where he was from. He spoke really good English. We were chatting and we're like, where are you from? He's like, Oh, I was, I, I, from Venezuela I went to high school and lived in Chicago for a while and I was like what brought you to Buenos Aires and he was like in Chicago I could have worked 24 hours a day for the rest of my life and it wouldn't have been enough like they were all about he said in Argentina in Buenos Aires it's about moments Mm. it's about time with people he was like, you know, it doesn't matter if you are, how much money you have, if you're poor, you're going to go and in a coffee shop for two hours in the afternoon and have a media luna, which is like this croissant thing that's a little denser than a croissant <laughs> and one espresso. And you're going to shoot the shit for two hours. He's like, if you have to sell your grandma's jewelry, you're, you're going to do it so you can go on vacation, like, because vacation with family is so much more important than material goods. And it was that sense of, yeah, really rooting into that, like, Life is about moments, not about money. And so there feel- <laughs> we have the definition of magical moments. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I was like, wow, with like deep, profound wisdom for my Uber driver. And clearly I've landed in a city that is appropriate for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Okay. As we dive into our topic of for today, which is ceremony. Let's first talk a little bit about what makes ceremony different. Like what is ceremony for that matter? And what makes it different from a women's circle and why you may desire to go to one or the other or both for that matter. There's no real definition, if you will. There's some there's some like alchemical aspects of both the women's circle and a ceremony that overlap, and yet they become two completely different things. So first I'll speak to what a women's circle is in general. I also want to say that you get to make your women's circle whatever you want. You get to make your ceremony whatever you want. But there's some, like I said, these alchemical nuggets that make it different from, uh, make them different from each other. So a women's circle is really women gathering. It can be a, a different topic. It can be you know a blessing ceremony it could be a new moon it could be a book club for that matter can be a women's circle and it's really just women coming together and I said that the definition or the the metaphor actually for the difference between a women's circle and a ceremony is that a women's circle is like whenever you go into a yoga class and it is potentially anybody's doing their own thing you know somebody's already standing on their hands somebody is lying down in Shavasana, somebody is, you know, socializing in the corner. A women's circle has less structure than ceremony, and it could be really led by anybody in the room. 
And then ceremony has more structure. It's like walking into a yoga class where the props are already set out on the mats. The lights are turned down low. Maybe there's some candle lights. There's some music playing. Possibly the teacher is modeling something or demonstrating something like a restorative pose at the beginning of the class or is greeting you as you come in to make sure that you're being placed in a in a spot that that works best for you in the in a yoga class. There's two completely different experiences of being led or self-leading. And a women's circle is more of a self-leading um, container or event. And a ceremony, you are being led whenever you arrive into the space. So there's reasons why you would attend both. One is not greater than the other. They serve similar purposes with two different outcomes in the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something that I, I think strikes me, I know that some women's circles, certainly there's a theme or an intention. There's somebody maybe prompting or guiding or holding in terms of here's the the questions we're going to ask and we go around and share, but often it is a little bit more open form, free flow, more like what do you need to bring today like what are you here for support with rather than Mm -hmm. that really guided specific trajectory that a ceremony is designed to take and there's also that piece that I think we have to point here so I might be jumping the gun but it's coming up so here we go (laughs) of really opening and closing the sacred space it's not just with an intention it's with calling in guides deities you know allies all of that kind of sacred aspect of of opening and closing a ceremony that doesn't typically exist for a women's circle the same kind of opening that you would have heard ellie and i do last week on the in bulk ceremony that we offered to our dear listeners here yeah i think that's a key aspect of of what creates a ceremony is this opening and closing And that can look like a couple of different things. You know, you experienced an opening last week if you listened to the episode with a prayer and casting of the circle or calling in the directions. And it can also look like just a grounding meditation. it's, It's literally just pointing the individuals who are at the ceremony all in the same direction at the same time we're we're moving towards the frequency of the of the the purpose of what we're there for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and certainly there will be lots of overlap depending on on the circle too on what what kind of circle is being held and led but I think that is essence of sacredness is however you're bringing it in or calling it into ceremony that is the kind of defining difference mm-hmm And I also think that this opening and closing creates the sacredness of the container, but the sacredness in terms of that your nervous system can just relax for a moment when you're there. You're not on, at least we hope you're not on. You're in a moment in time where etherically you are on a completely different plane and physically you're potentially sitting around in a legit circle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in person or online with uh, a few other individuals. Mm, so- that actually calls to mind something that, that might differentiate it too. That that piece of, I think with a lot of women's circles, there's almost a sense of like forced sharing. It's like a each person must share or will share kind of 
sense. I've certainly sat in circles where I've been handed the speaking thing and I had to answer. I was like, I don't, sometimes I feel great. And sometimes I'm like, I'm not in a space to share right now. And so that, that sense of ceremony being, as you said, you can just be there and receive what you need and, and give what you, what you wish rather than having this kind of sense of like rigid, and now I have the talking stick, so I must talk kind of piece. Yes, yes, yes. I think this allows for, you know, in the sacredness of it all and in sharing, this allows for, you know, I've called this a catalyst for breakthrough. And a catalyst for breakthrough in this, in a, in a ceremony sense, is an opportunity for us to really be immersed in the frequency of whatever it is that we're in we're in ceremony for instead of being forced being forced with the uh, you know you can always say pass but you still have to say something mm-hmm. you still have to say something you still have to be taken out of that frequency to be able to contribute something to the circle which for some people they really enjoy that aspect of things and for some it's just it just becomes different it's just a different frequency altogether Mm-hmm. And yeah, certainly there are there are breakthroughs that can be made with that kind of pulling us out. Sometimes it is important for us to be taken outside of our comfort zone or, or to to reflect and come up with an answer to a question that maybe we're not wanting to answer because it feels difficult to answer. <laughs> and often those are the questions that need to be answered. But again, it's that intention behind it. You know, what what is the purpose of this this space or this moment? And Eileen, I want to call on you to talk about the difference between ceremony and sitting around with your girlfriends, drinking wine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think both are so valuable. I know that, I mean, the Surgeon General in the States has put out, not a disclaimer, like a statement about the loneliness epidemic, right? We really are lacking in community. I talk about it all the time. We both talk about it here that deep need for all humans but especially for women to be in community and connected with each other and so I think that sitting around drinking with girlfriends can be amazing it can be cathartic you can really work through some shit (laughs) depending Mm -hmm. on the girlfriends but I think that again that space isn't sacred and so while I think it is a beautiful space for developing connection with each other and intimacy and potentially digging through some emotional things going on or working through problems in life, it doesn't hold that that catalyzing space the way that ceremony does. And there's no leader either you mentioned this about women's circles often there's a person who's hosting and so they are kind of a leader but then generally the initial intention is like we are all on the exact same footing here there's no leader of the circle there's merely a host for the space whereas with a ceremony there is a leader nobody's above anybody else but there is a clear designated leader who is holding the space who is guiding who is creating the direction that the that this circle or the ceremony goes rather often they're called the guide as you said or a focalizer and it's the person who who is is leading the space is completely leading the space in the experience Mm -hmm. I love that word focalizer because it takes away that 
hierarchical model that we're so used to, right? It's not a leader. They're not ahead or above or whatever that might be. They're with, but they're focalizing. They're directing all that mm. energy and light to one focal point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think this also brings us into the next thing that we want to talk about with ceremony. And I think like ceremony is this, this really, you know, deep alchemical space that we kind of go into, like we were just talking about Hecate's cave in that, uh, in that magical moment, shops that are around you. I think that the, the frequency that happens, there's like, it's palatable and yet you can't quite explain what it is in ceremony and so it's we can explain this through frequency or we can explain this through metaphor and ceremony is this is this moment in time where we enter into the frequency of whatever it is that the ceremony is focusing on so it could be an archetype it could be a new or full moon it could be uh, a wheel of the year ceremony like a, a turning of the of the wheel of the year for that matter and when we enter in the frequency of that, the space and the language and the aspects of the ceremony change to align with the frequency of whatever it is that we're celebrating. And so, you know, for Imbolc, it could be, as we just did the Imbolc ceremony, you know, dressing in white or dressing in light colors as we're starting to welcome the new light into our lives as part of pre-spring or what did you mid-winter oh winter spring winter spring there we are so you might dress differently you might ch uh, change the things on your altar you know with in bulk it might be something like acorn or um leaves that are like like a, a symbol of decomposition as we start mm -hmm. to you know, on earth, it could be like literal earth, it could be seeds, it could be anything like that. It's how you set up and light your candles. It could be a bunch of different things that are really in the frequency of, of whatever you're sitting in ceremony for. So it's this real kind of like magical space, sacred space that you're creating in ceremony, where when you enter into it, you literally stop and go, there's something different here. Like we might be all sitting on Zoom, sure. We might be all sitting in like the basement of a church, sure. And there's something different that happens here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like that felt sense. It's almost the word that came up when you were starting to describe it, because it is so hard to describe or define, it's almost amorphous, right? Like it's there. It's palpable. It's perceptible, but it's not really definable. It's one of those experiences that needs to be lived to really be understood. Yes, yes. And a really powerful, strong ceremony is, is an, like something that takes you to another plane. It's something that takes you into that etheric space of the frequency of whatever it is that you're celebrating. Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely one of my favorite places to be. Yeah, and... It's so exciting thinking about the women that will be sitting with you in ceremonies as you take women through the wild woman uh, mentorship program that you have that's coming up. But this is such a deep piece of the work that you do is crafting ceremony 
to hold, to transform, to transcend all of those pieces. So this is really very, as you speak, it's just like so obvious how how much this is part of your potency and your magic is bringing yeah. women through these spaces. Thank you. Yeah, the wild woman is going to be like 90% ceremony. We don't need talk anymore. We need ceremony. We need to go, we need to go to the ethers to to work this shit out and come back and be like, okay, that's that's how that works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of our points, right? It's like ceremony isn't therapy. It isn't talking. There can be talking. And I think that language is how we connect with the world, but there is also that large element of beyond language that happens in ceremony that gets past that critical thinking brain into what probably would be called potentially the 5d this is new to my awareness i need to do more research in the 5d i had a chat with somebody yesterday who's like oh you must here's here's a meditation you have to go down this this road so we'll report back but yeah. it is that sense of of being in a space that while language can be kind of the initiator it's beyond just language yeah I think the point that you're saying about like it's not this isn't therapy this isn't therapy because but but it is you know some of my colleagues are therapists and as we host ceremony the interesting thing is that they say there's work that they can do with their clients for years And then they can have a single ceremony and the work that they've done for years still does not touch the quantum leap that the individual has made in one ceremony. And this is, this is the, the point is for us to get out of our head, to get out of our analytical brain and to be present with the frequency of, of, you know, the space is so is such an incredible experience that it is it is it's quantum it's quantum we're going we're going places that we didn't even know we could go and i think the one of the most valuable parts of ceremony is the moment of we're not in our story sometimes some ceremonies will have sharing stories like you won't have a talking stick necessarily but you might have moments of you know what is what's in the frequency for you now and there's there's a couple of different ways that this can be done, but one of my favorite ways is speaking as. Mm-hmm. And this speaking as aspect is allows for us to get out of our head of, of saying like, oh, I'm hungry right now. This is a you know, a mundane example. I'm hungry right now. No, let's bring this into a woo curious, because I'm not hungry right now. Let's bring this into a woo curious. Like I don't know if I'm magical. I don't know if I have intuition. I don't know. If I've got the gift, I'm not quite sure any of the doubts that you might have or any of the, the claims that you have of I am magical, I do have intuition. When we speak as, you speak as I am sensing, oh, right now I'm sensing a, a major expansion in my heart. I'm sensing the color purple. It's actually a really light lilac, you know? I'm sensing, I'm speaking as my intuition with a knowing or a gnosis of things beyond what my brain can comprehend. So we get out of the analytical brain and we get into a moment in time as speaking as 
that allows for us to make those quantum leaps. We jump past, it's not bypassing, we jump past, we skirt the circuits that keep us in the story and in the present, like earthly moments. And we're able to see those ethereal plane links that we can then hold on to and come back into our regular everyday life and go, oh, actually, when I have a heart expansion, I'm actually sensing something intuitively. That's the link. This is what's going on right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think we did a little bit of that. And correct me if I'm wrong with the in bulk ceremony when you opened it saying I am in bulk. And then we spoke as, you know, I am, I think I said, I am the the lamb in the belly of the you ready to be born. And so that sense of stepping into the energies, the frequencies of what you are becoming, who you are becoming, or the energies of the, the season or the moment or whatever it is that the ceremony has been held for, it mm-hmm. does, it takes you into a different space of consciousness as you were speaking about that there is a sense that even though there's some sharing as you said you're not like dumping your stories on people I think that that's something that has a tendency to happen in women's circles and it's partly a testament to the fact that most of many of us don't have enough safe spaces to share because that's what wine with girlfriends is for certainly and what women's circles are for but I've heard from a lot of people who've partaken in women's circles or, or held spaces with women that often one or two people kind of like dump on the rest of the circle and oh now I don't want to say the word hog but end up taking up a lot more space and often without permission without asking that permission to do so mm-hmm. first which again in in a culture that's not used to having space held for us not used to sharing not used to asking like do you have capacity I'm this is not blaming or shaming anyone who's done that because I think we we need to be able to dump sometimes but that's that's one of those differences there between that space of circle and that space of ceremony because if you are speaking as and embodying an energy you are not dumping your old stories you're embodying your future you are and you're 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 embodying that like the thing that you can't quite touch but you can taste mm-hmm. that ethereal mm-hmm. that's something more that so many of us are seeking mm-hmm. so let's move the conversation into the aspect of sisterhood because and on the podcast we've talked about the sister wound before and this is something that is so it's it's everywhere it's everywhere in everything and when you become aware of it you become aware of all of the things that you do all of your actions or maybe not all of them you you become aware of some of the actions that you take that still pull us into the wound that is either sisterhood or mother or or the witch wound for that matter and i think this is the aspect of speaking as versus sharing stories is that when we speak as we move out of the realm of the womb wound and furthermore we move into the womb for sure (laughs) at the ethereal womb and we are able to get above the things that are tying us to our manifest world like in in our in our physical life and when we're able to get up and out of that, this is why, you know, I, I spent years going to therapy. I still have a therapist. I still go see them. And talk therapy is something that has been really helpful for me. 
And knowing what I know now in ceremony, it's definitely something that I'm using my time and talk therapy for differently. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at this instead of replaying the story over and over again, I'm saying things like, okay, this is the situation. I want to move over and above this instead of just rehashing like that they said. And can you believe my inner child was crying for attention? Yeah, I can actually imagine that I can. So mm-hmm. when we come into sisterhood, I think that the the ceremony, even when we have moments of the sisterhood wound still very apparent in our life, whether we know we know it or not, there is a moment in time where we are circumventing that pulling down of the sisterhood wound or that anchor, which often looks like we're taking up too much time or we're not speaking or we have an, an, an innate distrust of other women sharing in the circle, for example. All of those things, when we move into ceremony, we're able to move up and out of that anchor that allows for us to actually see things with a fresh and clean breath of air for maybe just a moment in time. What we're really doing in ceremony is what what we really desire, and, and you just talked about this, that it's not safe for us sometimes to express ourselves fully. And what we're doing in ceremony and in some capacity women's circles is that we're being seen and we're being heard and we're being witnessed, which is the key piece here of being witnessed. And often in ceremony, you know, we have some sayings, if you will, that you may encourage your the participants to use, which are sister speaks for me. Like in this moment, yeah, sister, I am, I am tapping into the frequency of the really light lavender that I'm that I'm intuiting. I am tapping into whatever else is coming up for me. The sister speaks for me. Mm, that's a beautiful. And we don't have to go into the moment of of like, oh, actually, this one time this also happened to me. Right. Yeah. That that pulling attention or focus that can so often happen when really we want to connect, but it's really easy to be like me me also me see me recognize me and so that is a really beautiful practice that acknowledges the sisterhood and the shared peace there and that's all that you need to say to create that connection really I love I love that something I'd like to speak to because the title of our podcast implies that many (laughs) of the people who are listening, many of you listening, maybe, you know, just starting to dabble your toe into more woo things. And so the thought of attending a ceremony might be a bit intimidating, or might feel really awkward. And I just want to, to acknowledge that first of all, because it certainly is and can be I remember when I started to hold ceremonies, I felt awkward AF. (laughs) I was like, this feels silly. And is everybody laughing at me? And like, what are people thinking? There's a there's a really strong fear for me, but and discomfort with the whole sacredness piece. Because I started holding ceremony. I really took that start before you're ready advice from some coaches to heart and I started holding ceremony for the wheel of the year when I was still pretty new to my spiritual 
awakening, as it were, as my my whole stepping into this path. And I've got some people who've, you know, they've reached out to me and they've been like, oh, I think I want to come, but I'm feeling like it's a bit a bit out there for me. And and so I just want to acknowledge that that's really okay to feel that way. And that what I have found in my own experience of leading it and being in ceremony with people who are really comfortable with opening that sacred space and holding it is that the more that you allow yourself to be in the moment and be present for it and take it seriously, the more serious it becomes and the more the magic of it works on you. It's kind of like, to use a very mundane example, if you go see a crappy movie and you pick it apart the whole time, you're not going to enjoy it. But if you go see a crappy movie and you're like, this movie's crappy, but I'm going to I'm gonna suspend disbelief and just enjoy and be along for the ride, you can have a great time at a crappy movie. I'm not saying Ceremony's a crappy movie, but if you're feeling like it's kind of corny or cheesy, which certainly it can feel that way at first for me, that suspension of, okay, well, what if it is a bit corny and cheesy? What if I like corny and cheesy? What if I can, what if everybody else here, you know, that trying to be too cool or or stay cool and not be into the thing that seems uncool or cheesy or corny can really pull you out of the experience. So it is that going in open-hearted, taking it for what it is, knowing that because our world, our society, the way we we are raised for many of us is fairly devoid of these ceremonial markers that it might feel kind of funny at first. And that's okay. <laughs> Uh, you're reminding me of something that you're taking me back to the very first time I ever sat in ceremony in person. And I think that what happens with online ceremonies sometimes or online anything, we can get distracted and we can go, oh, I'm going to check my phone or this is just a moment in time or it feels really challenging to me. So I'm going to disconnect. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way it's it's been in the past. You know, something's challenging. I'll disconnect. I'll come back to this later. I'll pause. I'll watch the replay. I'll whatever. And when I was in my first in person ceremony, the the focalizer had us doing a particular embodiment practice that felt really uncomfortable for me, like really uncomfortable. And I had these moments of like, I'm going to try to do what they're asking of me to do. And I kind of opened my eyes. It was a, it was a closed eyed practice. And I opened my eyes and I looked at the, the women around me and I thought, well, they're into this. Oh, they're into this. Wow. How come I'm not quite into this right now? It's not that I'm not, it's not that I'm going to get up and leave. It's, it's none of that. It's a moment in time where I feel disconnected because of the fear of embodiment. Like what is holding me back from being so embodied in this practice right now? And you touched on this, like this uncoolness, this doing it wrong, this, we, you know, we can play a story in our head of many different reasons why we're holding back from that embodiment. And this was a weekend a ceremony that was over uh, a whole weekend and that was that was day one on day three of the weekend I had this moment that I was invited really by myself and the focalizer to go 
and completely lay down the guard, to completely lay down the armor, to completely be immersed in the frequency of the healing of the archetype, all of these words that we were actually sitting in. And I shocked myself at how embodied it got. And I had a moment where I came back out into my conscious brain and thought, oh, wait a minute, like, what the fuck am I doing here? And then basically threw caution to the wind and went right back in to the embodiment piece. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. exactly what ceremony does is that it challenges you to be embodied in the frequency so that the, the cauldron can do its magic of transforming whatever energies have been put in there into something completely different. And Mm. that's the magic. That's the essence and the magic of ceremony to me. This is something Mm. that I don't get through therapy. It's something that I don't get through conversing with my gal pals. It's something that I don't get through walking in the woods. And walking in the woods is a ceremony to me. It is like, we have come to church and it is called Arbor Vitae. So I get, I get this in and out piece. It's, it's definitely, you know, the challenge of staying incredibly present because you're doing practices that sometimes don't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think this speaks as you're, as you're talking about that experience that you had, I feel like this points to the wider experience of moving in the world with more magic because it really is that decision to suspend disbelief or to suspend the fear of judgment there's so many moments in my life that I can point to where I was holding back from something pressing from doing a thing from engaging in something because I felt like I might be embarrassed Mm. and on the other side of deciding what's the worst that's gonna happen like some stranger might giggle at me is these really transformative embodiment experiences I'm actually being reminded of the first time I ever did a breathwork practice live with a group it was at the Myaline Purpose Retreat not this past year with Kyla which was obviously amazing but the year before and the woman guiding us, she had all sorts of instruments going and we were in it. And I just decided at the beginning of the practice to fully sink into that. And at one point she asked us to vocalize and I screamed in a room full of, I think there was like 30 women in there. And I heard some people laughing or like, it was like, but it was like this nervous, uncomfortable laughter. And I can recognize that I, at the moment I actually decided I wasn't going to care. So I didn't care, but especially in light of what we've discussed on this podcast, I'm now recognizing that too, is that like, whoo, that's like a bit much, like the way that you felt uncomfortable or a bit like, what, why am I push pulled towards my focalizer? It's that same feeling that other women or the responses of other people around us really in those moments of embodiment, it's because they see something that some subconscious piece of them is like, yes, that, but their conscious self is like oh no not that what's going on over there that's too much that's too scary so I feel like that is that piece of ceremony can really help us because it's a held space a held container with a guided sacredness to it where everybody's showing up to be embodied so Mm -hmm. it feels like a, 
a portal for stepping into that embodiment mm-hmm. with a little more ease. Mm, I love this. It is a portal. It is a portal to step into something that might feel uncomfortable in, mm-hmm. in your regular everyday life. You're reminding me, I've had a couple of, I have a sweater that I adore. It's this black hoodie, but of course it is. And on the front of it, it just says in big block letters, which, and no woman has ever, ever approached me with me wearing this sweater. They've never, they've never engaged in my witch sweater. I have had so many dudes engage me and they often ask the, the very last one that I, that I encountered, I was walking out of the coffee shop and he was walking in and he said, is it true? And I said, what? He said, is it true? And pointed at which on my shirt. I said, oh, heck yes, it's true. Like there's, there's no doubt in my mind. And he continued to walk in and I thought to myself, I wish I would have turned around and have just observed what he would have done after that <laughs> to see how he processed that. And I think it's, it's, there's a difference in, in wearing a shirt that says witch on it that, you know, somebody said to me a little while ago, you know, there's, there's people who I think do witchy things, but I said, no, no, they're goth. They're goth. Yeah. Like there's, a, there's a fine line between goth and which for that matter. And this is the practice of embodiment is really what we end up coming into as witches, as priestesses, as shamans, as healers, as any of those things. We we go from reading the books or, you know, listening to the people speak into embodying the practice. And embodying the practice is like, there is, I have no issues with my neighbors watching me blow cinnamon out my entrance or in my entrance for that matter you know I have no issues with people seeing me or anointing people at the coffee shop I have no issues reading cards as a consultation to how what it is that I'm supposed to be turned towards in my business because before I sit down and and do work I pull a card and I bring those cards with me when I'm out in public. Like there's there's a different piece of embodiment there. And when we recognize for ourselves, and I think that's what gets us over and above in ceremony, it, it circumvents the talk therapy that's necessary to our, to soothe our consciousness. And we just become embodied in it. And when mm-hmm. you have that embodiment piece, you don't go back. You might mm-hmm. wobble. You may wobble, but you don't go back. You don't go, oh, just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. Didn't, know. Didn't know what was going on there. Don't know how that happened. I, I, yeah, I love it. I love this, this whole aspect of it that we've discovered. It's so fun when we start brainstorming these episodes for our listeners. We have show notes, well, ish, kind of. Sometimes (laughs) today we had notes, but the directions or the ways that we end up delving in and the kind of aha moments I feel like every time we record I'm like oh aha I have these moments of deeper understanding throughout so I just wanted to yeah to highlight that and hope that as our listeners you're also kind of getting those aha moments or connecting dots to past experiences as we share our own experiences delving into this kind of work for sure mm-hmm mm-hmm is there anything else that needs to be spoken into the ethers, into the into the the crowds, our woo curious crew on ceremony? Nothing is popping into my mind right at this moment. I think that it's something that 
we will likely return to. Well, we're definitely going to be holding more ceremonies. It was such a pleasure to hold ceremony together last week. We both feel the same way. Yes. Uh, and so we're so really excited to be offering those in the future inside the Patreon. Those are going to be special episodes exclusively for our Woo crew inside the Patreon. For any new listeners, if you don't know what the Patreon is, it's a membership. It's eleven eleven a month because of course it is. <laughs> and you have three live events a month, new moon card readings with Ellie. We do a witch's corner Q&A, ask us anything so we can go deeper into topics. If there's something that came up in an episode that you're like, I need to talk about this. This is a held space as well it's for you to come and ask your questions and tell your stories about how you found the woo and, and your struggles along the way. We love to create those deeper connections and community. And we're reading a book every month. And so there's a book club and then there'll be these extra episodes along with a whole bunch of other little goodies that we sprinkle in. But I do think this is the topic we'll return to over and over because aside from offering them together, we each offer ceremony individually as well. And Ellie, do you want to chat a little bit more about wild woman and how that ceremonial container is going to play out because I know the doors are opening here real soon and I think it's going to be such a beautiful space yeah thank you wild woman I've been talking about this as a this is a program for women who feel like they have everything that they've ever wanted and yet they're empty inside you know they've Mm. checked everything off the list And what's missing from the meaning of life is really ceremony. It's intentions, it's it's accessing the ethers, it's making those quantum leaps. And we can do that in a number of ways through our ceremony. And we'll have four different frequencies that we're going to visit in Wild Woman. And part of the frequency are things that we don't access in our everyday life, like sacred rage and grief and passion, like sacred sensuality, and uh, bringing our magic into our everyday lives. This is part of the foundations for the Wild Woman program, because this is this is the moment in time where we move from, oh, this is cool. Like, okay, I want to know more about this. Maybe I could read another book. You know, we've mentioned Hecate, dearly beloved Hecate, more than once tonight. And this is a moment in time for us to move from reading about Hecate in her cave and actually embodying some of those practices. And so Mm -hmm. this is a three-month container. This is a moment in time for you to really immerse yourself in what ceremony is. And then alongside of that, we're going to come back down to, to grounded earth plane and we're going to talk about really Im- Im- embodying this and and having the integration into your life. So this is an opportunity for you to really dive deep into what it means to be the archetypal wild woman and the woman who, you know, somebody said to me the other day that they were meeting their partner's best friend and they said, don't be surprised if they hiss at you. And they came back to me and said, they said they might hiss at me. And I immediately was like, oh my God, I need to know this person. <laughs> they, I need to know the person who's going to hiss at you if they if they feel like there's something you know, that they don't like. So 
we may we might buzz like bees we may make snake sounds most likely we will make snake sounds actually so it's them an opportunity for you to really embody some some quantum leaps in your in your conscious and your unconscious mind so wild Mm. woman the archetype if we think about this she's like she's she's wolf-like you know she sometimes is in the moment of being which is so untrue and temporary the lone wolf who's looking for her pack who is feeling like they can't quite express themselves in their family they can't quite express themselves with their friends they can't quite express themselves in the work that they do and that discomfort they're wondering is it that I need to just be happy in quotations or is it that I actually don't belong in this frequency and I need to change the frequency that I'm in that is wild woman Mm -hmm. that is the Mm -hmm. how do you explain something that I'm just like just come just come yeah it feels like a deepening there Uh, as you as you were speaking I had a rapid transformation therapy session which is hypnosis for anybody who isn't aware and you listen to a track afterwards you have the session and then the hypnotist records a track for you specifically the way that the woman I work with drops you in is you're you know walking down a flight of what of steps and you you feel your feet see your feet hear your feet on each step as you go and every time she says and you go deeper and then you take the next step and you go deeper and then you take the next step and you go 50 times deeper and then you go deeper still. And it was this, as you were speaking about the embodiment, the ceremony, the process, that's what that called to my mind. So I we're offer you wild woman as a deepening, go deeper. <laughs> yeah. What do you have coming up in these next few weeks for people? Yeah, I have the waitlist open for Unleash Your Inner Witch. I'm going to be running another live cohort of that course. I actually, it came to me this morning that this might be the second last time I run it live in this format. So if you're interested or curious about it, now is the time. But waitlist is open to be the first to have access to sign up. There's waitlist bonuses for being on the waitlist. And of course, you don't have to sign up. If you get on the waitlist and you decide it's not for you, it just means you get all the details first, which I love. I can't resist a waitlist. <laughs> Personally, I'm like, tell me first. I want to know. <laughs> and Unleash Your Inner Witch is, the subtitle of this class is Light Witchcraft for the Woo Curious. So really, It's taking so many of the topics that we've covered here, going a little bit deeper, and that live component allows for some hands-on practice and an accountability piece as well. When we were chatting about what I talk about in Unleash, I was like, we've covered pretty much all of these topics in the podcast. And there's that guided step deeper, going a little bit further, actually practicing. And as so many of us are aware, when we read about something or learn about something, we're like, oh, that's so cool. I want to do that. And often that's where it stops is at that kind of surface level, reading about it, thinking it's a cool thing, but not actually acting on it and building a practice. So it's really kind of a layered six-week live course that, that helps you 
really start to embody and practice some of these things that we talk about here. It is, of course, recorded. You can always, you know, set aside a time to watch your replays so that you can embody the homework pieces. There's a workbook, there's a WhatsApp chat support as well for the group because I really want to create that sense of community. So all sorts of good tidbits there, but you can check that out over on my website. There's a link to sign up and of course I'm going to drop the link down below. Wonderful. What a program, what a gift for people. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. The first cohort through was like awesome. I really loved taking that first group of women. There were seven people the first time I ran it. And it was just a really delightful community space that really built over the course of those six weeks. Mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Lou Crew, this is your reminder to go over and rate and review this podcast. Give us a little five-star review. Let us know what you think about this episode to be entered into our giveaway that's happening. We're going to close the doors at midnight tonight, the day that this episode airs, Monday, February 5th, and we will draw in the next week so that you'll be able to come to our our events and our Patreon. Mm-hmm. In time for the new moon. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We love having you here. As always, if there are topics you want to learn more about or topics that we haven't covered that you're like, why haven't you talked about this yet? Please let us know over on Instagram or you can even drop it in the comments on the show. We see those too. And that is all for today. We will see you this time next week. Thanks, Woo Crew. Bye.